Thank you, John. Um, let's just start with, uh, with a, a short prayer. Father, as we reflect on your word, we pray that we would draw closer to you and to your son, Jesus. Amen. Um, in our house, before the kids go to bed, we've started to play a game that the kids have named, What Would You Rather Say? It's a simple game. There's no winners or losers. And it basically does exactly what it says on the tin. One person says, what would you rather say? And then proceeds to give two options of words or phrases with similar meanings. Um, and then the other people have to answer. So you might say, what would you rather say? Toothpaste or toothpaste? Or what would you rather say? Sofa or settee? Um, anyway, I thought we'd play a quick game of that now. So um, I'll give you all two options of what would you rather say? And then I'll get you to raise your hand for whichever one you choose. Okay, got it? Right. So for the first one, um, what would you rather say? Quilt or duvet? So hands up for quilt and hands up for duvet. Oh, wow, okay. A lot for duvet. <laughs> Just me and you, Janet, for quilt, I think. <laughs> um, right, what would you rather say? Cob or bath? Hands up for cob and hands up for bath. Okay, fairly, fairly even on that one. Um, what would you rather say? Uh, dinner or lunch? Hands up for dinner. Hands up for lunch. <laughs> uh, fairly even again. Okay, and the last one, this one's the really controversial one, I think. What would you rather say? Scone or scone? Hands up for scone. And hands up for scone. Okay, yeah, fairly even again on that one. Um, and then usually after we play this at home, or my kids would usually say, everyone that said scone, you're all now best buddies. And everyone who said scone, you're best buddies as well. Um, so in life, just as in this game, people are often divided. We're really good at dividing ourselves into two groups, the scones and the scones. And these divisions can be, um, there can be those of class, race, gender. Uh, it could just even be a case that you said the right, right or wrong thing at a certain occasion um, and and people are just so good at creating us and them and if you're not one of us well then you're one of them um, and you can often be disliked or simply just forgotten about and things were no different in Peter's day even Peter the leader of the early church had bought into the idea of us and them he was best buddies with the scones but he'd forgotten about the scones so yes, he was preaching the good news of Jesus to all the Jewish people, but what about everybody else? God, on the other hand, well, God isn't into the division game. No, God is all about peace. And so in chapter 10 of Acts, God brings two very different men together. One of whom was Peter, the Jewish fisherman, and the other was Cornelius, the Roman soldier. And we find ourselves here in verse 34 in Cornelius's house as Peter is about to preach to all those who are present. God has recently brought Peter to the realization that Jesus wasn't only for the Jewish people. So Peter begins like this. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And then he continues to summarise the gospel, the good news of Jesus. 
he talks about how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, how he went around doing good and healing people. He describes how Jesus was killed hanging on the cross, but God raised him up from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. And he finishes by saying all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. You might have noticed that Peter bookended this message of inclusivity of God. Um, so he starts with um, saying God does not show favoritism and he finishes with saying everyone who believes receives forgiveness of sin. And then before he can even finish talking, God poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit on, the, uh, on those who were listening, many of whom they didn't come from a Jewish background. They were the others, those that nobody really expected to be included. But they still received the Holy Spirit and they praised God. What this means is that this Jesus who Peter is talking about, who died and was raised from the dead and who then was made judge of all, well, he gives the same offer to both Jews and to Gentiles, the offer of salvation, the offer of um, eternal life, regardless of their past, no matter where they've come from. Every single person gets treated the same. So if you're a Jew from Jerusalem, then Jesus' offer is for you. If you're a, a, a beekeeper from Brazil, then Jesus' offer is for you. And uh, if you're an Anglican from Amington, then Jesus' offer is for you. Jesus is for you, no matter where you've come from. And Peter's message, it's the message that runs through the whole Bible. And just like the Gentiles did after they heard it, it's a reason to praise God. Because it's not just good news, it's the best news. Jesus came to save every single one of us. For some reason, um, when I was reflecting on this passage, um, this video came to mind. You may have seen it. It's from, I think it was back in 2004. Uh, Oprah Winfrey gives everyone in her audience a car. Um, and she goes around saying, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Um, but it, instead here, it's Jesus pointing to everyone saying, you get saved, you get saved, you get saved. In that video, everyone was jumping around, screaming with excitement. And that was just for a car. But this is so much better than a car. This is real eternal salvation. So feel free to jump around and start screaming with excitement. Um, or, or maybe we can uh, just settle for a hallelujah. <laughs> um, so now for the challenging bit. If Jesus' offer of forgiveness and salvation is for everyone, then it's not just for you and it's not just for me, but for everybody we know, for everybody we've ever met, for everybody we'll ever meet and for everybody we'll never meet. And not just the people we get along with either, but, you know, the grumpy ones, the people that we find challenging to be around. And like I said earlier, people are really good at creating divisions. We're also very good at staying within our comfort zones. We stick with the people who are like us and we don't venture outside to the other groups. Uh, and sometimes without knowing it, we can easily create uh, a divide amongst the people that we know in our lives into two groups. Those that we're comfortable speaking to about Jesus and those that we're not. Perhaps because they're grumpy or challenging or 
we just assume that they won't be interested in hearing it. Or perhaps we can learn a lesson from Peter in our reading. I mean, he, he definitely wasn't used to going into the houses of Gentiles. He was used to, to going and preaching to the Jews. But he stepped out in faith and he stepped out, in his, uh, out of his comfort zone to start talking to those who were different from him about Jesus. If we really believe that everyone who believes in Jesus receives forgiveness for their sins, if we really believe that God's offer of salvation is open to everyone, then the obvious next step is to let them know about it, even if it means stepping into that uncomfortable situation. In verse 42, Peter says he commanded us to preach to the people. I think here he's specifically speaking about himself and those that saw the risen Jesus. But the idea that we need to be sharing this message with others, it's one that extends to everyone who believes in Jesus to go out and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't mean we need to be delivering 20 minute sermons. And I think if we walked in someone's garden or, or stood up in our workplace and did that, it might come across as peculiar and may not have the desired effect. Um, but it's worth challenging ourselves to to seek out opportunities to tell people that we normally wouldn't about this guy, Jesus, and what he did for us. Because his life, his death, and his resurrection, they were for them as well. It could be as simple as saying to somebody you know, well, you know I'm a Christian. Have I ever told you why? And if, like me, you struggle with articulating the why, then perhaps you could, uh, you could use Peter's words in this passage. That we've read this morning use it as a template because he, he outlines it pretty well yes it'll be challenging but i think if we do manage to step out in faith and step out of our comfort zone we might just find that like those people who were with peter in cornelius's house will be pleasantly surprised at how god works in that situation and by what follows i suppose if i was going to sum up um what this passage says to me it's this jesus is for everyone pass it on amen